Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am very excited to have Mike Novotny with us. (laughs) Did I pronounce that right? You got it. Yeah, Novotny. Awesome. So Mike is a pastor at The Core, a church in downtown Appleton, Wisconsin, as well as spiritual leader and lead speaker for Time uh, Time of Grace, a media ministry that reaches a national television audience of 400,000 a week and engages with people of uh, more than 5 million times a month across its various media platforms. He's also the recent author of What's Big Start Small, Six Ways to Grow Great Faith. He enjoys spending time with his wife and two daughters, continuing his streak of 37 years of playing organized soccer. Congratulations on that. Yes. Um, and running long distances and reading any nonfiction he can get his hands on. Welcome, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lauren. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the book. Give us the elevator pitch to start off. What's Big Start Small? Ooh, yeah. So it's a book based on a story Jesus told that kind of explains why people feel stuck in their faith. Mm-hmm. even though they feel like they're doing the right spiritual things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think lots of us have this idea, well, if I go to church or if I listen to Christian music or if I read my Bible every day, mm-hmm. I'm going to have this really great, robust, you know, following Jesus on fire faith. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's true. And mm-hmm. then a lot of us experience sometimes like, it's not like we're skipping church or not praying, but we don't have that experience and we can feel stuck, not moving, like maybe we're moving backwards. And so the book kind of dives into a story that Jesus told that kind of explains why that happens to us so often. Mm-hmm. So can you give us a little kind of synopsis of that parable? That you're- yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. So the book is based off of the story Jesus told called the parable of the sower. And uh, kind of the, the story itself is this guy is sowing seed oh. and some of it falls on this hard path and the birds come and snatch it up. Nothing happens. Some of it falls on this rocky soil and it sprouts up really fast, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have a lot of dirt to put in good roots. And so when the sun comes up, it just starts to wither. Some has like a lot of potential. It falls on seemingly good soil, but there's a lot of other things growing, weeds, thorns. And before it can produce a lot of fruit, it kind of gets choked out. And then finally, some of the seed falls on this good soil and it produces way more than you'd expect. Uh, Jesus says like 30 or 60 or even a hundred times what was sown. And Jesus must get to the end of the story and his disciples kind of have that classic puzzled disciple look on their face (laughs) because in the Bible, I I love this part that Jesus says, okay, let me break it down for you. And then he kind of describes the situations in that story. Here's what the hard path looks like in the Christian life. Here's what the rocky soil is. Here's what the the cluttered thorny soil and here's what good soil looks like. Mm -hmm. So it gives us a chance to think about where we're at spiritually which of those four applies to us the most and with God's help, make some good changes in our lives. Yeah. And I love the fact that he actually explained all that to us because otherwise we'd all be (laughs) just like them. Like what the heck does that mean? (laughs) So so give us an idea based on what Jesus said, what are some of those obstacles that people will encounter that prevent them from growing? 
Yeah, I could find, so the story that Jesus tells shows up in Matthew and Mark and Luke. So three of the four gospels. And I can count six separate threats Mm -hmm. to the seed of God's word producing really great faith. Mm -hmm. So I list them as pride, pain, worries, wealth, wanting, Mm -hmm. and not waiting. So my book kind of breaks that down a chapter for each pride, pain, worries, wealth, wanting, and not waiting. Those are the six threats to great faith. Right. And so can you tell us from the parable, how did you get those six? Like, can you identify where we can see them in what Jesus said? Yeah, Jesus. Well, he names five of them explicitly. And the sixth one, I'm just getting from the idea of a seed. It's not like you put a seed in the ground in your garden on Monday, and then you come back on Tuesday and boom, there's a tomato. (laughs) So, so, you know, sometimes we get in trouble because the the process is working Mm -hmm. and we're, we're doing the right thing spiritually. But we just forget, oh, yeah, God's word isn't a microwave dinner. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a seed that takes some time and some perseverance to stick with. Right. And isn't it uh, Mark 4 somewhere where he talks about that the farmer sows the seed and it it, it, it just grows. He knows not how mm-hmm. like seed time mm-hmm. harvest where before, as you say, there's going to be time involved before yeah. you can actually see that fruit coming to coming to bear. So, okay. So based on those, can you help us kind of dive in a little bit to know mm-hmm. where are we, what kind of soil are we? And if we're the one that's being choked, how do we know it's choking us? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, I, I'll think all six, the more I dig into them are super relevant, mm-hmm. but for me, as I kind of think about my life as a Christian, uh, I'm married, I got two daughters mm-hmm. as I'm kind of looking like, yeah, why some days am I patient and joyful and peaceful. And then in other seasons of life that just, those feel like the wrong words for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, man, this, I, I never thought about this deeply until Jesus's story, but I, I bought myself these uh-huh. yeah. a little pack of tomato seeds. So uh-huh. yeah, on the front, these big vine ripened, beautiful tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And then on the back are like these fine print directions from the expert tomato growers. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're kind of telling you, okay, if you want this on the front, make sure you do this on the back Um, pop quiz, Lauren, do you know what half of the directions on the back of this seed packet are about half of them? Soil. (laughs) Good guess. You you continue the streak of interviewers who has gotten this question wrong. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh Yeah. No one guesses this. And I wouldn't have guessed this either. The number one direction that they say you need to know is about space. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like even though the seeds are good, if you put too many seeds too close together, there's not enough space for any one of them to grow and produce a tomato. Huh. Interesting. And if you if if you put the rows too close together, Mm -hmm. it says here they need to be at least three feet apart. Mm -hmm. And then again, when they start to grow, it says you need to thin them out. Uh So it might, it might be a good thing, yeah. but if you don't pull out some of the good things, you're never going to reach this full fruitful maturity. The best things. That's so interesting. Cause I've just started like planting a garden and I have a hydroponic garden and all, all those kinds of things. So I'm just learning a few of those things here and oh, there about yes. how do you act? Like, what's the point of pruning? Why do you bother doing that? Because it mm. actually increases fruitfulness. Yeah. And it's just, it's all of these things that Jesus original listeners would have been totally familiar with, but in our day mm. and not really. So we can yeah. miss a lot of the spiritual implications of what he's really saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're spot on. Yeah. And I've just seen that like as a, as a Christian, and to me, this is classic American Christianity mm-hmm. is that we, 
we squeeze in a little seed of God's word into schedules that have no space. Oh, such a good point. Yeah. You know, we, we think, well, if, as long as I can make it to church or as long as we can have a family devotion, Mm -hmm. we're going to be the strong Christian kind of people. And the garden would tell us, no, just because you put the seed in some fairly good ground, it still needs space to grow. Yeah. So if you want time in your schedule to like meditate on these beautiful things you hear in a church service, or you need space to put it into practice. You know, husbands love your wives or wives respect your husbands. That's not just like a thing to hear. Mm-hmm. It's something that actually takes quantity time to do. Mm-hmm. And so about half of Jesus's parable really addresses that issue that probably for most of us, what happens is we're not dead in our faith. Mm-hmm. It's like the Satan, like a bird snatched it up. Right. It's just that there's so much stuff going on in our schedules and lives that we just never you know, we never quite get to that mature spot that we could because it's so hard to pull out the other stuff yes. and give some space to our souls. Yeah. So would you say, or do you think that the majority of Christians are in that thorny ground where there's rocks and thorns and other kinds of things, as opposed to the one with the shallow soil? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus actually says the shallow soil is specifically about people who believe for a little bit right. and then they wither. And a lot of my friends, it's not like, well, I used to have faith and now I don't. Right. A lot of us would say, well, you know, it's not like we've lost it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I'm just running. I'm, I'm busy. I don't, I don't got time to show you compassion because I got a bunch of boxes to check and things to do. And my kid has volleyball practice and, you know, it, right. it's just so much stuff. And we somehow just slowly add to those calendars until there's no space to be a mature Christian. Yeah. And this is making me think of the Martha Mary story. Um, you know, did you, did you go into that in the book? Uh, no joke. So in, <laughs> in the, the Greek of the new Testament, when Jesus says the worries of this life yeah. can choke out the seed, it's the exact same word he uses with Martha, 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 you're worried yeah. about many things. So <laughs> you're, yeah, you're spot on. That's exactly where Jesus takes it. Interesting. So, um, what kind of advice do you have for somebody who says that's me? I recognize myself in that. What do they do if, if we have too many things on our schedule and it seems like they're all super important? How do you go about finding out what's good versus what God has actually called you to do? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, Jesus, when he describes the soil, I, I think for obviously he's not winging it when he, when yeah. he says it's thorny soil yeah. to me, that was so insightful because in my garden, I don't plant thorns. Mm-hmm. They're just there. Like, and I think, wow, this is a lot of work to keep on. And then they're, they're thorny, right? So yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not comfortable to pull out. Yeah. And to me, that's so practical. How did I end up so busy? How do, how do we end up so busy? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't set out like, you know what, this year I would like to be exhausted and overbooked. And stressed. <laughs> like, and right. Yeah. Of it, course. It, it just happens. And it's actually, let's be honest, it's painful to not be busy. Mm-hmm. Because to not be busy, you have to say no to people you like. Yeah, it's totally true. Right. And I just want to say like, yes, I'll be at the birthday party. And oh, of course, I'd love to preach at your wedding. And sure, we can volunteer. And oh, sure, pastor, I know you need some help. Right. Like literally, Jesus is saying to be a mature Christian, you have to be able to say no to good people and good things. Absolutely. Yeah. So that you can focus the time that you do have on the best things on what he's actually called you to for sure. Yeah. 
So, um, so aside from some of that, from the busyness, is there anything else that some people might be need to become aware of, of things that are distracting them? Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus, when he describes the thorny soil, actually three of the six threats are all in that category. Mm-hmm. So worries, sometimes I'm so worried, like Martha, I'm so worried about looking bad. I'm overcommitted. And he talks about wealth. Mm-hmm. He says the deceitfulness of wealth. And I always think of that as like, sometimes you can get a promotion or a job or something nice, like a, a beautiful home. Right. But have you stopped to think how much time and energy that's going to cost you? You know, you get, oh, it'd be so great if we had a nice a pool in the backyard for the kids. Mm-hmm. Have, okay, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not sinful. It's not wrong. Have you thought about how much time it's going to take you to cut that grass okay. in the next year? Have you thought about the upkeep of that home, the, the cost of that promotion? Mm-hmm. So I think for, you know, here, this is the super temptation of prosperous Americans mm-hmm. is you can get the boat and now you got to maintain the boat. You can have the place, the, the cabin, but now there's extra effort for the cabin. You can be involved in things that people who are at an impoverished level can't afford. Mm-hmm. So I think like if you're making over $50,000 a year in your household, mm-hmm. pay very close attention to Jesus's words because mm-hmm. wealth can deceive you into busyness and busyness is going to choke out your fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you actually made this comment that I thought was really interesting that many of us coming out of the pandemic have felt more spiritually immature or stuck. What's going on with that? Mm. Oh man, lots of things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've been talking about the threats, Mm -hmm. but if fruit eventually comes from the seed, And if because of the pandemic, we are less connected to the seed of God's word, Mm -hmm. like to me, that's it. If I don't plant any seeds this year, shocker, I'm not going to have tomatoes this fall. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so if, if the disruption got me out of my regular worship habits or Bible reading habits, and it's really hard to get back in the swing of those things, I'm not. And if I don't have like the community, if I've lost touch with friends or a small group, Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is just so vital for us to do the hard work of reestablishing those spiritual disciplines. I, I get why they got shooken up, mm-hmm. but man, uh, fruit comes from seeds mm-hmm. and the seed is God's word. So let's do everything we can to make sure we have habits where we're constantly in connection with that seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you know anything about like statistically how many people like went away from church and didn't come back or anything along mm-hmm. those lines? Yeah. More anecdotally. Uh, I don't have the hard numbers, but <laughs> it's just my, the senior pastor at our church was yeah. telling me we've really been struggling with, not with people coming back to worship, right. but getting people to volunteer. Oh, so like, we don't have enough ushers at church. We don't have enough people to make coffee. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it was just like a reset and people who were just awesome before just like, well, they just got out of the habit. Yeah. 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 No, no malice, no intention. It just, it, it, it it's a new it's a new normal and we're, we're scrambling to try to like okay, yeah. <laughs> not, not burn out our small list of volunteers. Right, right. So yeah, I think it was just a great disruption and it's really fitting for all of us just to say, okay, where am I at? Mm-hmm. What yeah, do my spiritual yeah. disciplines look like? Did I unintentionally kind of lose something really healthy that I had? Because if we don't think about that intentionally, I think we're going to miss something pretty big. 
Mm -hmm. Sure. So, and that makes sense from a church going and volunteering standpoint. Why do you think that during the pandemic, people might've gotten out of the habit of doing a regular Bible reading, for example, because you could do that by yourself. Ooh, very true. I, so what I've noticed, um, I lead a small group that normally goes from like fall to Thanksgiving. And then we take a break because of the busyness of Christmas mm-hmm. and we come back in January almost to a person, people in my group would say, once group took a break, my Bible reading took a break. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. Once I, once I didn't have a community to keep me accountable, okay. instead of going, you know, maybe three bad days. And then I got to talk to my Christian friends about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the weeks just kind of slowly lost the momentum. It's kind of like working out at a gym, right? I was just going to say that it sounds exactly like having an, uh, having a workout buddy. That, yeah, you know, we'll call you if you don't show up at the, the gym that day. Totally. Yeah. So even though what seems like an individual habit, I think is really Very often hinges, unless you have super good self-control and structure, it probably hinges on the community that you're living in. So you lose one and you often lose the other. To slide backwards. Yeah. So what advice do you have to somebody who's listening to this and says, okay, I'm ready to start getting a better spiritual discipline. Where do they start? Oh, <laughs> um, Yeah, it's a fair question. You know, people are different. I'm, I've learned I'm such a box checker. Like if I, if I, if I write it in my calendar, right. like I, I cannot rest until that box gets checked, even if I created it myself. Yeah. So yeah, I'm totally with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, maybe it's, uh, you know, knowing yourself is half the battle. Sure. So are you a person who's motivated by competition and achievement and box checking for you? Then it might be as simple as writing it down somewhere visible, tracking it, having an app, putting it on your fridge. Right. If, if that's not you and you're just not, well, so what? I didn't check the box. Mm-hmm. Maybe is it reaching out to a friend saying, Hey, I was listening to Lauren's podcast. I, I really think I need to make a change. Can, can we work on this together? Mm-hmm. So yeah. figure out how you're motivated best. Take that one small step. And, you know, so often one turns into two and then 10. So yeah, do something though with it. Don't just Hey, that was a nice podcast. Moving on. Right. Exactly. Habit stacking or something along those lines. Typically for most people, uh, creating any sort of habit takes between 21 and 90 days, depending on the person. So Mm -hmm. as soon as you've gotten to that level, now it's self-sustaining and you're actually getting the reward from the habit itself. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, during the habit establishment. Um, you typically have to have some kind of an external reward. So for us, it's the dopamine hit from checking the box. (laughs) (laughs) Some other people, it might be having that community and that affirmation or something along those lines. So just like working out or creating any other good habit, it's a matter of figuring out, like you say, how you Mm -hmm. work and uh, working with that. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. What have I not asked you that you want to make sure you leave with our audience? Oh, can I share with you the, it's related to the Jesus's story, the best advice I've gotten in my whole life. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I I thought when I first heard it, it was the worst advice I'd ever gotten in my whole life. Mm, Wow. Uh, I was was in grad school. I'm studying to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm in my senior year. So home stretch getting to graduation day where we finally get to, you know, be a pastor in a church and my home pastor that I grew up with, he, he says, Mike, here's what you need to do whatever church you end up at, as soon as you get there, you're going to be at your first like church council, church leadership meeting. I want you to go into the room and ask those people how many hours a week you should work. Hmm. And I told him, no, 
that, <laughs> that is, that, I, yeah, I can imagine. I'm not that smart. I'm pretty young, but that sounds like terrible advice. Cause you know, what do you, what do you do on your first day of work of like, Hey everyone, what's the minimum I have to work okay. before you get mad at me? And he said, he said, no, you know, here's the deal. Like you could work your tail off and you could push 50, 60, 70 hours a week, but then you don't show up to that one thing that so-and-so expected you to be at. And now suddenly you're not a hardworking, faithful pastor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I finally get to my church in Madison, Wisconsin and uh, with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I said to the people in the room. Uh, I said, you know, a year from now or five years from now, I, I want to, I don't want to burn out. Like I want to be a great pastor that serves you well, not just for the short term, but for the long term. Yeah. And when I come to church, I don't want to have to fake it that I have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wasn't home because I was at church all week. We haven't communicated well. Now we have to smile for the church people. Like, yeah. no, I, and I want to be a good dad and I don't want my kids to hate organized religion because yeah. it, it stole their father from them. Right. And I, and I want to be able to minister out of the joy that I've had in my own time in the Bible, not just like working for sermons and Bible studies. For you. Yeah. I said, yeah. you know, so if I want to be a good pastor to you long-term, mm-hmm. if I want to be a a good Christian close to Jesus, a good husband close to my wife and a good dad close to my kids. How about you? Mm-hmm. How many hours do you think you could put in at your job on average and fo- still be able to fulfill all those callings? Right. And man, my pastor was such a genius because I mean, there was some honest regret in the room as I think the people thought that they hadn't asked that question earlier in their careers. Mm-hmm. And then they went around to a person and they named here, I think I could work X hours or Y hours or Z hours. We took the average of all the answers. Mm-hmm. And Lauren, for the past 15 years, that has really been my kind of mutually agreed upon standard of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And it's allowed me to have a Sabbath day with my kids every week. Um, tonight is, is Friday night. So for me, it's date night. So every every Friday, we ship the kids off to my parents. They sleep over. My wife and I get some quantity time. I've, just by God's grace, I've had... I've had space in my garden mm-hmm. to like be able to mature more than I would have without that advice. Yeah, And awesome. I, I think it would have been too subjective and fuzzy and I would have felt guilty about not doing this and that, but just having some concrete thing that I knew I could work hard if I was tempted to be lazy. Mm-hmm. And I knew I could stop working hard if I was tempted to, you know, put too much in that kind of stuff. So that I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for that crazy advice that he, it really changed the, the direction of my life. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, so much of, as you alluded to before, uh, is uh, not overextending yourself is learning to say no. But what you sounds like you did is you created that boundary in advance. So everybody knew about it. There wasn't any resentment going forward and you didn't have to feel guilty about other people's expectations. That's fantastic. I love it. And so much about work-life balance so that you can spend the time with the Lord like you're supposed to and with other things that matter. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. In the book, I try to make this really practical. So I just have some charts where I ask people, like, if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. I bet if you just broke down what your life actually looks like, it would jump off the page at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if you just looked at your screen time and just wrote that down or the the amount of time you're at work or the amount of, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. I bet if it was on a single sheet of paper, there's one or two items where you'd say, oh, dang, Mm -hmm. that's it right there. That's the main issue. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to make that really practical of like, everyone's life is different. We all got a thousand things going on, mm-hmm. but I, I would say, take your guilt to the garden. Mm-hmm. 
as gardeners, we don't feel bad about having space. And as Christians, we don't have to feel bad about having space either. It doesn't make us bad people. It actually makes us very wise Christians. Mm, Absolutely. So whenever I have a patient that seems to be struggling with this issue, I will give them a handout that I stole from Stephen Covey's highly, uh, seven habits of highly effective people, the Mm. quadrants and that the, the top quadrant is urgent and important. Then there's not urgent, but important. And that's where the bulk of your life should be. And and the urgent, but not important. This is usually other people's expectations for you or the things Mm. On yourself that don't truly matter and then the not urgent not important like scrolling facebook those kinds of yes. things and so when yeah. people can recognize as you say a lot of times when you start writing those things down you don't even have to put them in the quadrants it becomes mm-hmm. really obvious yeah. and the holy spirit can then speak to you and say all right so yeah. these are this yeah. is where you need to make some changes yeah. oh, i love that i think the times we're living in make that super challenging though you because can. there's just certain things that because of smartphones mm-hmm. You don't even realize when it's happening. Do you remember, uh, was it two or three years ago when Apple added screen time as just like a default? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And you're, I mean, I remember the first time looking at that thinking, no, right. they, they, got the, they have the numbers right. wrong. I do not. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's this, uh, there's this website too that I found. I think it's TII.me okay. time. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just a search bar. Have you heard about this? No. Uh-uh. It's just like a search bar on a single screen. And all you do is type in a show that you've seen, mm-hmm. like The Office. Okay. And it finds it and it'll ask, how many seasons of it have you seen? Uh-huh. Uh, all of them. Oh, I know where and this then you, is going. <laughs> you, just, you, hit, you hit return and it will just show you how many minutes, how many hours, and perhaps how many days have it you- took you to watch the whole series. And you can stack them. So you're like, ooh, you know, I've seen Grey's Anatomy or I've seen Friends or I've seen Parks and Rec. And when you see it all together, you think, ouch, <laughs> I, th- I thought I was just like watching an episode, maybe two, maybe three to unwind that night. Yeah. And you put it together and you realize I literally could have read the entire Bible four times, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, those, those kind of eye-opening moments, they sting a bit, but they're, they're super healthy because we only get one chance to do life. And it's really wise to know what kind of life you're living. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. That totally makes sense. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to visit that site. <laughs> that sounds scary. <laughs> All right. So Mike, where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah. So timeofgrace.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find the book, What's Big Start Small. And then we have tons of resources too. Kind of our, our bread and butter is to try to tackle a topic with a sermon series and a book. So awesome. if people are dealing with depression, suicide, alcohol, pornography, sexuality, gender, politics. Um, We've tried to tackle everything from the pulpit and turn it into a resource that people can read, that parents can use, that teenagers can grab a hold of. So yeah, if uh, you have time, timeofgrace.org, just scroll through the website and hopefully you can find something that helps you. Awesome. I will link to that in the show notes. And thank you so much for your time, Mike. This has been really great. That's awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you.
I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.